Hey Future Medics, it's Josh V and today's podcast episode is all good is gonna be about medical murders. So we're just I'm just gonna be sharing um a case of nurses or healthcare workers that took advantage of their of their responsibilities and instead of helping caused harm to their patients. Um so the next two episodes I will be talking about two different medical murder cases. But before we start, I wanted to do this little thing where I talk about like what's just been going on with my life because I feel like I haven't really been um, talking about that on this podcast. Like I feel like you guys just don't know anything about me. So um, recently, actually like we came back yesterday night, um, I went to Japan for a week and so for the first four or the first three days, I think we went to Tokyo and then the next two and a half days we were at Kyoto. And when I tell you, Japan was literally like I went there and I was like in love. Like I literally like I want to move there. Um, There were like so many shops, like everyone was walking, first of all. So then it's like like everyone was walking together. and It was just such a nice little environment because then you, everywhere you walk, there's just shops, restaurants. Um, food, well, I already said food, sorry, but shops, restaurants, like, literally, like, anything to do, and, like, all the food there was so good, and I'm, like, big on food, like, if the food isn't good, it'll make or break my vacation, and the food was amazing, and, like, me and my sister, we went around, and we went to, like, 30 different shops, and we bought so much, and it was just so pretty, because then, like, if you didn't want to, like, shop or, or eat or whatever, there were just, like, you could still go sightseeing because there were, like, so many temples there, too. So, like, there's just so much to do. Um, and I, like, love it so much. But the one thing that surprised me was that there was no trash cans. Like, so, so obviously, like, we were traveling, right? So we would go try, like, street food and stuff. And then we'd finish it and we couldn't find a trash can and throw everything away so we just have to hold it like the entire like place was just so clean so I was like okay so how do they not have trash cans but then like it's literally the cleanest place ever like I swear here we have trash cans but you'll still see like okay maybe not here but in India they have trash cans everywhere but you'll still see like trash all over and I'm just like okay so how are you keeping everything so clean and everything there is like so organized too so like when you go up the elevator I it's like on the left side it's for the people that don't want to walk and then on the right side is for the people that do want to walk so everything was just so organized and like it was just such a nice little place and I literally want to move there and I'm so sad I left um but one more thing funny story when we were um coming back we almost missed our plane like we got there um I think like less than an hour before boarding closed and so when we got there the we needed to check in like four bags but the flight attendants weren't there and so we were sitting there and we were like oh god what do we do now and we called them and we waited for like a whole 30 minutes and thank god because our flight was delayed so then um we checked in with their little um box thing and then we ran and we talked to someone and she let us in um and they just checked in our bags at the gate but basically like we barely missed our flight and I was actually kind of excited that we missed our flight because then we could stay in Tokyo another day but we didn't end up missing it so (laughs) but 
Um, that was it all about my trip and just what's been going on with my life. Um, but before we start, like actually talking about the um the case that I'm going to talk about, just make sure you subscribe to our podcast on all platforms, which are Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Um, yeah, and with that out of the way, let's start talking about the lines, Angels of Death. We trust doctors with our life, right? But sometimes healthcare workers can take advantage of that trust. So before any healthcare worker is allowed to start treating and working with patients, they have to take uh, an oath called the Hippocratic Oath. And just in case you guys aren't familiar with that, it's basically just an oath that people have to take that says that they are gonna do whatever they can to help the patient. One thing that it does state in this oath is that the healthcare workers should not play God. But sometimes they break the oath and they decide that they will play God by deciding which patients get to live and which patients get to die. So today I'll be talking about the Lines Angels of Death, which are a group of four Austrian nursing aides in the 1980s that were responsible for killing 20 patients and are probably like suspected of killing more. Um, so basically these people just took advantage of the trust that patients place in healthcare workers. Okay, so before I start, let's go let me go over the difference between nurses and nursing aides. So to become a nurse, you need a two to four year science program from an accredited school plus a residency. So this would go, you need to learn about physiology and anatomy and you have like greater responsibilities than nursing aides because you have more education. Um, so your responsibilities would be such things like monitoring patients' health, administering medications, using medical equipment and performing diagnostic tests. Um, so basically, with nurses, the coursework is just more difficult, and so they have more responsibilities. And then with nurses' aides, you only have to ha have like a high school diploma, and you need to take a four to twelve week accredited nursing assistance program. So I think um, there's these things called certified nursing aides, and even like high schoolers can um, can become certified nurse aides. It, it's just like a short little program that you have to take. Um, and I was actually looking into this once to see if I wanted to do it and I ended up not doing it. But there are like schools in every single like location, like at least like five or six that if you guys are interested, you can definitely do. And may, I can link a few in our description in case that's something you want to do. But anyways, going coming back to the to the story. Um, so. Um, the main role of nurses' aides are to alleviate nurses' workloads. So they do this by feeding and taking patients to the bathroom, setting up rooms, basically like anything that um, they can do with the education that they have to help nurses out with all of their responsibilities. So starting with the story, there I'm going to start with a girl named Waltraud Wagner. She always thought of herself as a caregiver, and this was mainly because she spent a lot of time caring for her younger siblings growing up. And in addition to this, 
When she was 12, she had to take care of her aging grandmother who couldn't walk due to sore legs. And so basically just growing up, she's just been caring for people. So she decided she wanted to continue this and decided she wanted to be a nurse. However, she entered nursing school and failed out. And so she moved to Vienna for more opportunities without a proper education. There wasn't really much she could do, so she settled for being a nurse's aide instead of a nurse. But it was okay with her because she was still able to help patients in an actual hospital. She was still able to like provide care for patients, so she was fine with, with the nurse's aide role. So she got a job in one of the biggest hospitals in the city, um, which is Vienna, um, and this was called the Lines General Hospital. So this hospital had different pavilions for different patients, and she was assigned to Pavilion 5. And Pavilion 5 is where the most ill patients are sent. These are the people that are usually like elderly, terminally ill, mental health conditions, and people just who needed special attention. So basically, this is considered the worst assignment because like most of these patients are people that are... Um, like close to death or like it's going to be really hard to help them and they require a lot of care. In Pavilion 5, there were different wards and Ward D was the worst. Um, this was the death ward and the most um, hopeless patients were sent here. So basically any patient that was like about to die, there was like barely anything you could do, they would be sent here. And guess which ward Wagner got assigned to? Yeah, she got assigned to Ward D, so basically she got the worst ward in the worst pavilion, um, so she had like the worst of the worst. And so the thing with Pavilion 5 is that they couldn't really turn anyone down, and Ward D only had 24 beds, but they often had to accommodate 40 patients, so this was really hard because there's just a lot of spacing issues, and then they don't have enough nurses to, to take care of all of these patients, so nurses aides had to do the most difficult tasks which was cleaning patients in the night and wiping blood after they died stuff like that and so Waltrad Wagner had like a lot of responsibilities especially in such an overcrowded ward it was really hard for her and in addition to this she always got assigned the graveyard shift so she had to do things beyond her capabilities because in during the shift is when the least number of nurses are assigned the least number of nursing aides are assigned so she had to do things like injecting patients which are outside of a nurse's aides capabilities so outside of their education and so she had all of these tasks that, that first of all, she shouldn't have been assigned. And second of all, just like too many of these tasks. She was really overwhelmed by her job. And these conditions affected her every single day. She would leave the hospital mentally and physically exhausted. As soon as she got home, she would report like vomiting just because of how much stress and like the workload that she had. And this was common for a lot of nurses in terminal wards to experience like depression, PTSD, and stuff like that. Because it's like, no matter how much you care for the patient, no matter how much you try, the patient always dies. So basically, she felt like there was nothing she could do. She wasn't really in control of anything. So she decided that she wanted to start making the sick die faster. So this leads me to the first death. 
So Wagner was working in her second year when her patient, a 77-year-old, was experiencing extreme pain and the pain relief medication that she was assigned to give her wasn't working. Wagner reports that the patient said that she wanted to die right then. And at the time in Austria, even when patients request, killing patients was illegal. And this is called euthanasia for those that don't know. It's basically just when you, when a patient is so terminally ill and they, just, they also themselves don't really want to live anymore. They just want to die. And so as a healthcare worker, you end their pain. And like still to this day, this is a widely debated topic to even be approved in like the places where it is where it is okay and illegal the patients must have only six months left to live and the patient has to go through an interview with a physician that will assist them with the process so basically it's just such a lengthy process itself even now um and so just think about like back then in a country that it was illegal um she definitely wasn't supposed to be doing that and so even though this was illegal Wagner overdosed her on rehypnol, which is used to treat extreme insomnia and assist patients with anesthesia. After she did this, the patient died, and uh, Wagner didn't really feel sad at all. She kind of actually had an adrenaline rush. Seeing her patient die made her feel powerful. It made her feel in control, and she wanted more. Obviously, this is like such a crazy like mentality to have, like especially as a healthcare worker. How is it you spend your entire life trying to help people, right? So then, like, seeing a patient suffer, it shouldn't really help make you feel happy. It should make you feel sad. But it kind of, like, in some way makes sense because she just feels like people in this ward, obviously, they try whatever they can and it doesn't work. So then this, like, killing patients just made her feel in control. It made her feel like she could control the situation when usually she can't. And no one really suspected anything because it was in War D and death was a daily occurrence. Um, and so she decided she wanted to keep on doing this to feel more power. But she didn't want to do this alone. She needed accomplices. So she called three of her closest friends to help her. And these three friends also were assigned to Ward D um, in the Lines General Hospital. Um, so the first two were Maria Gruber and Irene Lydolf. And they decided to join because they were from similar families of Wagner. And so they, they were caretakers, but they felt like burnt out from their time in Ward D. And then the third person was Stephanie Jemeyer, and she joined in just because she was a recent immigrant from Yugoslavia, and she was eager to make friends at, a ho at the hospital, which I think is crazy. Like, why are you trying to, why are you going to go and, like, kill people just to be friends with someone, you know? Like, first of all, you shouldn't have to do anything to be friends with someone. They should want to be friends with you, but, like, second of all, you're a healthcare worker, and you're killing patients to be friends with someone. I think, I just think that's crazy, but anyways, for some reason, she just thought that was a good reason, like, just a good thing to be able to make friends, um, and so she joined in, and they kind of all had their own problems that kind of made them feel out of control at home, too, so it was even more appealing to these three. So Stephanie Meyer, she was a recent divorcee, um, 
Maria Gruber was a single mother and Irene Lydolf was in an abusive relationship. So they all felt trapped and powerless. So this murder situation kind of helped them feel powerful like Wagner. Um, Wagner was able to convince them because she showed them that they can use what little power they had to take control of their patients' lives if they couldn't really take control of their own. So in a sense, the lack of control that they had in their own life, they kind of were compensating it by being able to control their patient's life. And not only that, Wagner also argued that it would be helping the patient suffer less. So I guess that was kind of part of it. I don't really think that was the main reason though, um, as you'll see later. But she also mentioned like also less patience was an easier work life so basically this entire like situation was just just seemed really appealing to the three the three other girls and so they decided to join in um so at first their killing tactic was to inject patients with rohypnol insulin morphine and tranquilizers um and these were just drugs that don't cause unusual symptoms so when patients overdose on these drugs, like when they overdose the patients on these drugs, it wouldn't really cause any suspicion um, because it would just cause symptoms that these patients probably usually already have. So in an insulin overdose, it would just cause death by extremely low blood sugar, which a lot of those patients had already. And then um, morphine is an opioid that shuts down heart and respiratory function and since a lot of these people are of old age anyways and heart and respiratory functions are a big reason why people die that it didn't really cause too much concern and finally rohypnol is a type of tranquilizer um and just for those who don't know a tranquilizer is something that activates the nervous system it just slows everything in the body down and mainly it just stops heart functions and respiratory functions similar to morphine. So no one really suspected it because these drugs were normal medications and and these drugs caused symptoms that every single other patient that died in Ward D had. And just like the fact that they were working in Ward D where everyone dies, it was just really easy for them to get away with the killings. And they enjoyed the feeling they got, so they started working with more and more patients um, so they can kill them. So they basically just started taking on more patients just so that they can kill them and feel the power. Remember, so their justification was mercy. They just had mercy on the patients and their suffering um, because the patients were getting weaker and weaker. And so they were just going to end the suffering. Um, so that was their justification. But really... Um, it started becoming more than that. It started becoming a habit. Like they just liked killing and they would just do it for fun. So soon instead of killing patients that were about to die, because like obviously their justification is mercy, they started killing patients, like literally any patient that was causing even the tiniest discomfort or tiniest problem or tiniest annoyance for them. So for example, one night if a patient was buzzing too many nights or they snore too loudly Wagner would say this one gets a ticket to God meaning that they would kill them and so Wagner had a list of people that were going to be killed the next night and she called this a termination list so basically any patient that just was annoying Wagner she'd put on this list and 
um, the three other girls would just follow along and kill whoever Wagner wanted them to kill. And this termination list started becoming extremely long because they just started putting people on the list just because of, like, really small problems and stuff like that. So, obviously, like, you're, you guys can start to see that it wasn't really for mercy that they were killing. They were killing for fun. They were killing because they liked it. Um, and soon they wanted a new way to kill the, because, like, the injections were losing its appeal and Wagner was getting bored. Um, so they found a longer way and a more painful way. This new method would require three nursing aides to work together. Um, so one nurse aide would pinch their nose, another would hold the patient's tongue, and the last would pour water down the patient's throat until they drowned. And this was called the water cure. And it would take like three hours to to kill. And they liked that it would take so long because, I mean, the injections were just a two-second thing. You inject them and then like obviously like in a few hours they would die. But with with this one, they could physically see the pain that the patients were going through and they were physically like causing that pain and so they like this a lot more which I just think is so terrible like how can you like go and stand there for three hours holding like holding down a person's throat and like holding a holding the patient's tongue and drowning them and just seeing them like I don't know I just think it's crazy that they were able to do this so this water cure method, though it may seem like it wouldn't work, it was difficult to detect. Like, obviously, like, this method just seems like it would be so easy to discover that they were, that the patients died, like, deliberately. But really, they made it so that um, it was difficult to detect in terminal patients. So the water cure, it kind of gets water into your lungs, and it looks like there's like fluid buildup in your lungs instead of water and so this is a common like disease called pulmonary edema and this is like a common disease in elderly patients so it didn't really seem like anything was wrong it just because it was a common occurrence in in the patients that were in the ward so no one really suspected anything and so this water cure it wasn't just drowning, it could also be overhydration that um, the patients died by. So um, it would, because like when you're holding down your the patient's tongue and you're holding their throat open um, and you're pouring water down their throat, right? Instead of inhaling the water, they could try gulping the water. But if they gulp too much, this causes imbalances in electrolytes and the heart or brain will stop functioning so it just depended on which one happened first either the patient would die of overhydration or drowning and over time they perfected this method and they were able to kill dozens of patients and this gave them like a greater rush because it would take longer you could see the pain um and it was just it just made them feel more powerful so soon obviously like they've been doing this for a really long time like fluctuations of deaths within shifts were kind of noticeable but no one paid too much attention because it was wordy so no one really noticed that it was only when Wagner and her accomplices were on duty that these death rates were increasing um and so that because of that because people took that for granted they were able to go on for five years and estimated to kill like over 50 victims before anyone really even raised an eyebrow um and by their sixth year the 
high death rate finally got some attention and rumors started spreading about potential like foul play in the ward. Um, No one inside the hospital was willing to look deeply until another nursing aide informed a doctor in Pavilion 5 about these high death rates. Um, And so this doctor went to the police to start investigating. The managers of the hospital and the pavilion didn't really like the fact that these rumors were spreading because obviously it's causing controversy about around the hospital. So like less patients, obviously less business for them. So they didn't really like the fact that these rumors were happening. And so um, they stonewalled the police and refused to let them investigate. So obviously there was nothing really the police could do at that point and they had to just go home. Um, and so the fact that people were not really investigating made them even more reckless and they kind of just felt like they could do anything. They were like, they felt invincible basically. Um, and so obviously like once you start feeling like really powerful and just that feel like you can start getting away with anything, you start becoming more, um, reckless, right? And so one day they went to the pub and, the shift before they killed a patient called and her name was Julia Druval and so they were talking about this this um they were kind of like laughing about this at a pub one day and they were laughing really loud just a few feet away from them was a doctor from the lines hospital and the doctor was able to hear them like laugh about how they killed this patient and they immediately went to the police so after that the police spent about two months gathering evidence of various murders in ward d and on april 7th in 1989 they were finally arrested and i just think it was so crazy that it took so long for these people to finally get arrested because honestly like the stuff that they were doing it wasn't even that it wasn't even like they were trying to hide it It was they were doing it out in the open and no one even like said anything um I just think that's so crazy that it took like an accidental encounter for this to happen anyways so after they got arrested the police interrogated each person individually to try to get a confession because all the evidence that they had was circumstantial the like their main piece of evidence was what the witness had and obviously like a witness could be lying and stuff like that um so what they did is they showed pictures to each of the people and asked about various patients that were killed and Eventually, they started confessing. So first, Meyer went and she told them about the water cure method. And then Gruber and Lydolf confessed about injecting patients with rohypnol and morphine. And all three confirmed that Wagner was the ringleader. And they all said that she pressured them into into doing this like whole scandal with her dominating personality and as like evidence they would say that her nickname in ward d was literally the witch just because of like how bossy and how like dominating her personality was and so after hearing all of these confessions um that the police told wagner about she finally admitted to her crimes um so after she confessed they showed her a list of ward d deaths for the past two years and asked her to identify the patients that she killed and she found 
39 patients. 39 patients in just two years, guys. That's, like, crazy. That's, like, more than, like, I feel like serial killers would kill. Um, And just to think that she's, like, a healthcare worker and, like, they're supposed to save people's lives is just crazy to me. Um, Anyways, so they asked her to recount the exact method of murder And as she was doing that, she literally had no remorse in her face is what the police said as she was describing it. She was just describing it as if it was like something that literally every single other healthcare worker would do. Um, And when they asked her why she kept killing, she told them that it became a habit and that she killed any patient that got on her nerve. Like it literally became a habit for her killing people. And I don't know, I just think that's that's just such a like terrible thing to to think about um and so in total she admitted to killing 49 patients but obviously like some suspect that it really could have been 300 because like 39 patients in two years and this was over six years like only 10 patients in four years when you can kill 39 in two like obviously there's she's lying about that there has to be so many so many more after these after all three admitted to killing these patients the Lyons General Hospital got, like, intense scrutiny from the public. So the supervisor that prevented the police investigation was suspended, and the police blamed Lyons General Hospital for trying to cover up the controversy and preventing the investigation that could have saved almost 22 lives. Like, if the police had investigated then, they could have saved, the like, 22 people. And just because the hospital didn't want a bad name, a bad reputation, 22 people died. I just think that it's so bad that it's like that. Anyways, there were so many red flags that were ignored by the hospital just to, like, keep their reputation. Like, the deaths shot up by five or six times the normal death rate when Wagner had shifts. Um, So only during Wagner's shifts, shifts would these death rates be abnormally high. Um, and Wagner admitted administered over 2,500 amples of rehypnol between 1983 and 1987. And normal usage is less than 300 ampules. That's like more than eight times the number of ampules that, um, that nursing aides usually do administer. And just the fact that like it's eight times and no one noticed anything. Yeah, like get like be better at your job man <laughs> anyways so basically the line general hospital has started it's not really like it got intense scrutiny and a lot of controversy from the public and obviously like it slowed down their business um so back to Wagner she tried to convince the jury that the others the other three were just as involved in the murders as she was to try and lessen her sentence um and to kind of like cite something she said that Meyer actually enjoyed holding da- holding patients down and she also withdrew her original confession of 39 murders to nine murders and this is like a big jump and police are obviously not stupid like they know she's lying like how are you gonna admit to 39 and then like change up your story by like 30 patients man like that's just not even like possible um and but it didn't really work because it was just so obvious that she was the evil ringleader and everyone knew so she kind of she got the harshest sentence um so 
all of their reasonings though were consistent they all said they murdered for mercy but this was easily set aside because of their killing methods like the water cure because if you're going to kill for mercy you don't need such an extensive and painful way to end people's pain if that's your only goal right you're going to try and do it as painless as possible but they did it in the most painful way possible so like obviously that doesn't make sense like how are you gonna drown someone and then say that you're like killing for mercy like it, it doesn't make sense and also if you were killing for mercy the right thing should have been to ask the nurse for um ask the nurse for assistance rather than just taking everything into your own hands because obviously you're the nurse's aide you don't have all of that responsibility so like freaking like just like stay in your place (laughs) you know like like you don't get you don't have the responsibilities and the role to and the education to to make all of these decisions like and also it's illegal so like like what are you doing anyways um the final convictions were were that um so they obviously didn't really convince the court that about their mercy killings and so Wagner got 15 got sentenced for 15 murders and life in prison Lidolf was sentenced to five murders and life in prison Gruber was judged less harshly because she was a lot younger when the murders began. She was only 19 years old. She was like a teenager when these started happening. And so she got 15 years in prison. And Meyer, she was able to convince the court that she was scared of Wagner. And that's why she started doing it. Um, So she had less charges. Um, She was charged to accessory to murder, attempted murder and manslaughter, and was convicted to 20 years in prison. So life in prison in Austria is different from life in prison here. So when they say life in prison, no parole, you really do have parole. It's like 15 years later, if the court decides that you're no longer a danger, they can be released. Um, So obviously that's, that's basically the same thing as parole, right? So um, Gruber and, and Meyer were released in 2003 after 12 years, and Wagner and Lidolf were released after 18 years. And the public, when I tell you, they were outraged by this. Like, there were, like, newspaper articles after newspaper articles talking about how the public was couldn't really trust the legal system in hospitals anymore if, if people like Wagner and Lidolf and Gruber and Meyer are just out in the open again and like could probably easily get a nursing aid job again if they if they needed to like if people like that are are caught and then also like released again to the public like how are they going to be able to trust like the hospitals and the people that take care of them you know um so that public was outraged and honestly I would be too if this happened to in like the U.S. Um, but there were a lot of steps that the hospital could have taken to like just prevent this altogether. So the biggest reason that all of these people that these people just felt a lot of stress was that it was really understaffed. And honestly, like, like this is a big problem in the healthcare field is that it's really understaffed and people need to start taking up roles like like nurses because they're really important to to um the healthcare system um because 
nurse like if there were more nurses working at this hospital then the nurses aides did wouldn't really need to take on as much as they did they wouldn't really need to take on the responsibilities of a nurse and this would be like so much easier for them and it would relieve like a lot of their stress and like this just brings up the importance of like of trying to get people to to join the healthcare field because it'll not only like help the patients but it'll help the people that are also already working in the field by kind of relieving their stress um so obviously with the patient with the nurses that are working in ward d a lot of them were depressed and have ptsd because they are around patients that um that are always dying and stuff like that so um giving these these nurses access to like like things like therapy is really good so maybe like a solution could be like hospitals that that have wards like ward d can offer nurses aides and nurses and just doctors that work in these in these wards um free therapy sessions so that they can like talk about what they see every day and talk about their feelings because obviously like if I feel like if Wagner had someone to talk about to talk about her like feeling out of control this could have been prevented because like therapy helps a lot with like a lot of different things so maybe that could be another solution um and just like anything that would relieve these patient these people's stress levels so that they wouldn't feel the need to murder would have been great so maybe like maybe like um with the patients in these wards hospitals could not only give them free therapy they could also maybe have like circles where where these patients could get or these nurses could gather around and kind of talk about how they're feeling and share ways that that um they manage stress so that was all about the lines angels of death um so that was such a crazy case with people that like honestly had such a twisted mindset and it's just scary thinking about that because like obviously doctors care for us and they they have such control over our lives and it's just it's just crazy thinking about how, like giving them so much control we kind of don't really think about how they could take advantage of that we trust them like with our lives right but when they take advantage of that it's just crazy to think about <laughs> i feel like i've said crazy to think about like at least like the entire episode like every 10 minutes um, but it really is just crazy and scary, honestly. Um, that was all I had for today. Um, I hope you enjoyed listening about the lines Angels of Death as much as I liked researching about them. Um, I think it really just opens up a whole new perspective to healthcare and stuff like that and really brings out the importance of getting people into roles like nurses um and yeah 
Um, Just, again, make sure you subscribe to our podcast on all platforms and follow our Instagram, which I will link in the episode description because that's where we're going to send out updates um, about when we post episodes and just opportunities for you guys. And I'm going to post this soon, but um, we're looking to expand our podcast to get more people on our team. Um, And I will make an Instagram post about that and post it very soon. So make sure you do follow our Instagram to get a hold of opportunities like that. And really fast, the charity that we are going to be supporting this episode is called the Physicians Foundation. And this charity is all about supporting physicians and their well-being. This organization states that one in four physicians know a physician who has died by suicide. And that's a lot. Um. And the stress that just be being a physician is terrible. And so this foundation aims to, to improve burnout and improve physician, physician well-being by researching how to best redesign systems and practice environments. Um, and so this organization partners with other associations and hospitals all across the world in order to um, implement solutions to prevent like physician burnout in multiple hospitals all over the world and this is just a really great organization to give back to and I will put them in and I will make sure to put the link to the organization in our bio sorry, not our bio, our episode description, in case you guys want to check them out and give back to them by donating. Um, And it would be really great if you guys could because this organization just does so many amazing things. But with that out of the way, medics off the mic.